Hello, welcome to another episode of Close Shave TV. Today we have the first series of hopefully many series where we have like a talk show a discussion and we have a panel of guests where we're going to discuss a, a certain topic, uh, a debate. And the main debate and the title today is with uh, the UK so-called Muslim grooming gangs, uh, fact, fiction or fallacy. Um, over the last few years, I'd say, that we've seen um, many cases of especially South Asian men, people from the Muslim community that have been arrested uh, for criminal activity, for um, um, child sexual exploitation. What we need to discuss, I think, and it's important, is is this a problem really in the Muslim community, particularly the British-Pakistani community, or is it something that maybe the media, again, is a bit hyster uh, hysteric about and it needs a bit of clarification. What I want to quickly read to you all is a saying from uh, the former Labour MP of Rotherham, uh, Sarah Champion. She resigned from her position as Shadow Women and Equalities Minister after she said the following statement. She said, Britain has a problem, <coughs> excuse me, Britain has a problem with British Pakistani men raping and exploiting white girls. Now, after that, she stood down because there were quite controversial comments, which she apologised. What I want to discuss today, is there a problem in the Muslim community with grooming gangs and child sexual exploitation? Uh, the first person I want to ask to speak about this issue is Omar Khan. What would you like to say about, is it fact, fiction, is there an element of truth to it? Well, obviously, I mean... Is the Muslim community in denial as well, right? The first stage to resolve any problem would be to recognise it, and, and clearly, evidently, it's something that is there. It's, whether it's there solely as it's been represented, I don't think that's quite the case. Uh, it is a problem, um, it does happen, um, and, 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 and that's quite clear. However, the way it's shown, the way it's represented, um, the way the media deals with it is wrong, the way our community deals with it is also wrong. Um, denial would not sort of, doesn't do anything to, you know, to, to aid the problem, and nor does scandalizing a whole demographic, a whole community, and, and, and just sort of putting the blame. Because obviously, you get minority groups doing all sorts of atrocities within any community. Mm -hmm. And if you just highlight that, it sort of, it gives a wrong representation and it causes undue bitterness. And we live in a multicultural society where we've got so much strains as it is. And, and, and this is something that just adds to the animosity and, and it doesn't do anyone any justice, I believe. So I think the way that it's dealt with by the community itself and um, by the media, both approaches are very wrong and, and it's not doing anything to resolve the issue. Okay, well one of the things that we hear, for example, is uh, a lot of statistics and percentages being thrown around. Uh, and the research, that I've done very brief research, that there's two forms of child sexual exploitation. There are two groups. Type 1, or group 1, is those that target vulnerable young teenage girls. Not because they're, not because they're paedophiles per se, because it's because it's a vulnerability that they're taking advantage of. So they're taking advantage of vulnerabilities. Then there's type two that the research has put forward, which is those that are genuinely interested in younger kids, boys, girls, etc., infants, for example, you know, that you'd actually call paedophiles. Now, from the research that was done back, I believe, in 2012, um, is child exploitation and online protection. They mentioned that 75% of those cases that were studied, and bear in mind there were 57 cases, yeah? So a lot of the discussion has come from the 57 cases. 75% were Asian, okay? South Asian background. 
Type two, which is going for online grooming, going for young kids, uh, normally by individuals, 100% came back as being white. So we need to put things in perspective when we're discussing, obviously, statistics and figures, right? Because back in 2015, 2016, there was uh, 56,000 reported child sexual abuse cases reported to the police, 56,000. So a lot of the research has come from this 57 cases reported to the police and the percentages have come from the 57, some say 58 cases. What do you think about that? Is it, is it a manipulation of facts, figures? What do you think about it, guys? Uh, if I can just say something. Please, I yeah, mean, yeah. One thing that's important is who's talking about this? And like, for example, look around us. We're all guys. We're all men. There's not a single person here who's actually the demographic of a victim that we're talking about. So we just need to be aware of that as well. In terms of stats, I mean, 57 cases, yes, but these are 57 cases involving more than one person. Mm -hmm. They involve hundreds and even sometimes thousands of young girls. So mm -hmm. actually the stats are, stats can be used by everyone, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's that way. So if you multiply by that, but the number of victims, we're talking of a lot of young girls. 75% um, is also, yeah, sure, there's 100% of, let's say if type two cases, which are basically pedophiles, are white men, you wouldn't then go to a Somali community and go, we need to deal with this in the Somali community, because we know that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. You'd go to white communities. In the same way, when you've got 75% of people coming in from Pakistani backgrounds, you would go, actually, we need to deal with this in these communities. It makes logic, it's just logical to me, right? Now, what, one thing that's interesting to me also is this thing about kind of, you know, m uh, targeting minorities with this, because What's the size of the Pakistani population in the UK? Is it 75%? It's not. No, it's actually 1.7 million. I think you know, it's 5% or less, right? So 7% of the population are Asians. Yeah. Mm. And, and Asians are big figures, yeah. right? So, so if you take that, yeah, let's go Pakistani. I think it's 4 or 5%. That's men and women, half that. That's 2%. Precisely. In the right? list, so 2% of people of, of uh, this large, reasonably small community, 75% are coming from that tiny, tiny community. It is a problem, mm -hmm. right? Just like, and, and uh, it really helps me as an Asian person, as a brown man, to think about things with what would I do and think if it came from another community. Mm -hmm. If our young people were targeted by white men, right, and there was a it was like, you know, 75%, I would be like, we need to investigate that. I don't care about race. I don't care. I mean, we there'll be an uproar in a community. Be an uproar. So be why is it that here, identity politics is so great that we are, you know, sitting, and unfortunately, it says a lot about the victims that we are, whether it's because we could find mm -hmm. them or couldn't, they're all guys here, right? Mm. It's hard to talk about this as a woman, I think. Yes. And like, we need to involve more. Just to clarify yeah. that, uh, women were invited. Yeah, yeah. It was an open yeah, invitation, I, 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 but I unfortunately, they didn't turn so out. And in fact, yeah, what you yeah. said, I would have loved yeah, yeah, to have yeah, a female yeah, yeah, perspective yeah, yeah, on this. Because yeah. I think it's I'm important. Not, I'm not blaming no, you. Yeah, no, you're right, yeah. because this is really male-dominated yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And we need the opposite sex. We need females to speak well, about this as well. They're the victims. Precisely. May I interject at this point? First of all, I think your points are spot on. We are too engulfed in the media and what the media is saying at that particular point. Let's step back. There is no doubt in my mind that currently the discussions that take place in relation to grooming, in relation to exploitation and so forth, it has two main titles. One is Pakistani origin and the second being Muslim. Mm. We need to deal with those two first, mm -hmm. before we step further. And before I go into that, and I know it's a discussion, open discussion, I don't want to take too much time. This is not a race or a colour issue. 
this is, without a shadow of a doubt, in any community, not acceptable. <laughs> the problem you've got is education. We need to, first of all, educate ourselves, victims, <coughs> potential victims, but more importantly, anybody who's within that domain. It is unfortunate I've had some involvement within my criminal legal background, um, my, my profession, where you will see a pattern, and you're quite right. The first one is vulnerability. Some victims are so vulnerable, and they are targeted. We must deal with that. And why are they targeted? You will see socially they have lack of resources, education, funding, not a conventional family background, and I'm not saying this is application to all, but <coughs> we've got to deal with those problems. We've got to educate and say, well, they're not vulnerable. You, you are not, and you shouldn't be targeted. Hmm. There are agencies and people who you need to approach if this is happening. So that's a pattern you've seen in your well, uh, legal... Consistently, yes. consistently, legal consistently. Hmm. But then, should I sit here and, being of Pakistani origin, deny that it's not a problem? It is a problem. And I'm sorry. Hmm. It is a problem. And Umar's point, and Brother's point, and Zara's point, <coughs> is accurate. We have to acknowledge and accept. <laughs> we are denying it. We are denying and it. How does it make you feel, if you, if you don't mind me, yeah, just interjecction, Muhammad, when you, when you hear people going, because it's an identity thing as well, it's like, oh, we don't like of it. Course. Every time I see in the news another Pakistani name, I'm like, you know. Me, like, it makes mm, no bitter difference, and, yeah, I'll, tell you, and yeah. I'll tell you the reality why. Yes, you would assume you would feel offended by it, but if you're educated enough to know that this is just a device or a tactic to make you feel imbalanced, it wouldn't bother you. Of mm -hmm. course it doesn't bother you, but nevertheless, saying that that's the point is... There is a problem. Yes. And, and, and we must, first of all, first of all, not take away in denial. We have to accept yeah. there is. Okay, Shahid, what do, you, do you think we're in denial as a community? I mean, I agree with the points that have been made, but I think also what we have to understand, when we're talking about a discussion about this subject, the problem is, is that this subject has become very tainted. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure we're going to have people that are going to criticize us that why are you even talking about this? You're actually, you know, sort of feeding into that narrative mm. that, you know, exactly what the media and especially what the far right are always talking about, about Muslim grooming gangs. And in the Muslim community, the problem that we have or in the Asian community is that these are very taboo subjects that people don't like to talk about and it's brushed under the carpet. The problem that we have that when we try to address this issue in an intelligent and intellectual way, we can't but help fall into somebody's trap hmm. because the far right could pick up on this conversation and say, look, even the Asians are admitting that there's a problem, Precisely. so we're bang on in what we're saying, yeah, yes. and that's why the whites have to stand up and unite and so on and so forth. Even they say there's a problem. And then the Asians yes. will grab us and say, well, you see, you've now emboldened yes. the, these Precisely. people by discussing it in the first place. So, we're, so you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I'd like to... Uh comment on that when I actually even put this kind of debate advert out I had people from our community on Facebook from our community Pakistani community Muslim community saying this is racist the whole idea of the that you know we as Pakistanis and you're just feeding into the whole narrative as you said and even I was kind of attacked for why are you even doing a debate like this but my point is if we don't discuss it and we don't actually openly and willingly discuss this issue and acknowledge that there is an issue where are we going to go what are we going to achieve? 
<coughs> and you're right, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, and uh, Sky News also, they reported, because Quilliam did their research, many people have attacked actually, because they said they played with figures and manipulation, etc., etc. But what they mention is British Pakistani researchers have said that, said that 84% or 87%, I believe, of the child grooming gangs are Muslims or South Asian Pakistani Muslims. So it even gives that credence that, oh, look, even the British Pakistanis are agreeing yeah. to it. And there is, so it has to be true, right? Mm -hmm. But the point is, can we challenge this narrative? What do you think, uh, Adil? Well, me personally, I think you're right, there is a problem. We all know, um, like you said, to fix anything, you have to acknowledge there's a problem first. That's fine, okay? We know there's a problem. Everybody knows there's a problem. But that could be in, in any context, right? So we know if somebody looks at a child a particular way, you can tell, I don't like the way that guy looks at that kid. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can get that feel for it. Mm -hmm. So you'll pull your child away or you'll pull your niece or nephew away. So, you know, I don't quite talk to him. Just the way that somebody looks at a child, you can get a feel as an adult. You know, I don't feel comfortable around this person. And like you said, if people are vulnerable, that's, they've been let down by our system, mm -hmm. firstly. Mm -hmm. Why are they in that position in the first place? You know, yes. people like that will prank. And the other thing is, all of this stuff happens at night, or does it happen in the daytime? Are these nine to five jobs that are people that are mm. preying on these kids? Mm. Yeah. So if a child mm. walks in distort into a shop and, and they look hungry and they haven't got enough money to buy some food, and there's a guy working in that shop, he doesn't own the shop, he just works there. And he offers them free food or whatever, and says, oh, let me get you a, a drink, or here, take a couple of quid, get a, a beer can from the off-license that's still open at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. It's that environment, there's a lot more to this dynamic than just being Pakistani. And it's not a Muslim problem because no way in Islam is this justified. You know, you can't even intend harm towards But so when you say it's not a Muslim problem, I think what you might or yeah, mean to say, it's not an Islamic yeah, problem, Islam but then it's a people, Muslim problem yeah, because there are Muslims that are doing it, right? They can be labelled as Muslim, but if you actually speak to these people who have been convicted and charged and, and see how much they actually know about Islam, the answer is little to none. Yeah, but because I don't think that matters. God, I, pers I personally that. think that doesn't matter because the fact is they come from the Muslim community. I mean, and they're going to claim that they are Muslims. Yeah. So whether how Islamic or religious they are practicing, yeah. I think that's irrelevant. The issue is that, uh, look, I mean, it's you the mentioned, thing you mentioned a pro I mean, you know, I'll mention something very interesting that happened to me about two years ago. I was standing outside the Dixie's <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. I was waiting for my order. And right in front of the Dixie's is like a bargain booze. Yeah. And the, there's a group of girls and lads there. And one of the girls came up to me. She looks about 15, 14, 15, trying to pass for 18. Right? She said, oh, could you do us a favor, please? I said, like, what do you want to do? She goes, please, could you just go buy some booze? Yeah. And I said, no, I don't want to. No. Yeah. And she kept insisting. Yeah. And, and I just said, look, I don't want to do it. Leave me alone. And I went into just then I had an aha moment. I thought, right, that's what happens. Yeah. Now, if I was someone else... Yeah, if your mindset was different... My, okay, what can I get out of this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? But well, how am I going to take advantage of this situation? Yeah. And these are some of the things that are happening. But then the question yeah. is, why are these girls and boys, these young kids, out mm -hmm. so late, unsupervised? You know, okay, we're not in the 60s. Yeah. This is, we're the millennial... You know, a generation. Why the outside by them themselves? I feel safe at all times. Right. As you, I would yeah. want my parents to feel safe. You know, I, I live in a predominantly Asian area, and I know if my parents decide to take a walk at eleven o'clock at night, I know they'll be safe. Mm. Even though the area I live in has got uh, people say it's very dangerous and actually, right. actually, yeah. yeah. But to be honest with you, if my mother's walking up and she's got heavy groceries, somebody will come to help yeah, her. Yeah, so yeah, auntie, yeah. maybe drop these off to your head. And, and I, 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 I want to also like draw draw a comparison there because actually, you speak to Asian girls. All of them will tell you something happened to them. All yeah, of them. They will. Mm. Right, so but it's they, not. It's interesting. Not, it's it's just that there's a difference because we talk about vulnerability. Yeah. Right. But actually, you talk to any of your cousins, your sisters, mm. your aunts and uncles. Uh, sorry, your aunts. 
they will all talk about something. So yes, I don't know how much. It's funny you said uncles there because <coughs> what yeah, the reports yeah, yeah. and the research we've done so far, specifically with the girls, mm. it's it, it's type one. We spoke of type one, yeah. right? It's about targeting females. Yeah. So there's not the, currently there's no statistics about also boys yeah. that are which. So the most uh, the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mohammed. Right, the uh, majority of the um, reports about sexual abuse and exploitation in this country is those that have been targeted by family members, friends, people that they know. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that's Boys raised. or girls, right? Well, well, I'm glad that, Rick, that's raised. Can we be very careful about statistics? Okay. I say that simply because there are cases which aren't reported. Yeah, yeah exactly. Of course. There, right, are, thousands. there are, without a shadow of a doubt, cases where it involves non-Pakistani, non-Muslim, non-female victims. And they're not reported. In my experience, may I say my experience, and I think that's, that's a, that would be a fair point. Um, most recently, it was neither. It was um, male victim, um, and may I say um, a, a different colour and different background. When you have either type 1 or type 2, it makes no real difference. They are both very seri serious criminal offences. <laughs> They're very serious. Serious, and you have agencies which will look at the psychology behind the criminal offence, mm. and of course the background and so forth. Without a shadow of a doubt, it is not, and, and I'll say this, a <coughs> cultural thing. Only, it may have an influence. Mm -hmm. We can't, we can't deny that. Mm. Of course, uh, and I use Brother Imjaz's point. If you speak to one of your cousins or one of the females or something, someone's got a story somewhere. Mm. But then that could be in any culture, in any yes. environment. The stories may still be the same, but the backgrounds are different, aren't they? Mm. But what, what I'm trying to say is, what, what I'm most desperately trying to say in this instance here is, um, there are victims on both sides, in, in regards to female and male. Okay. And you do hear frequently, and I do come across frequently, and I have in the past, it could be um, a young boy, mm. very commonly, uh, during the course of a period of time, it could be a young girl as well. And mentioning your point very quickly, may I say, and I'm glad you raised that, the issue of um, young girls outside bargain booths encouraging a, another elderly male mm. to purchase some alcohol. Now, let, let's not be shy admit that that happens frequently. Yes. <coughs> let's not be shy and admit that the shop owners are happy to sell because they need to make the extra pound. Mm. Yes. But who is there to govern that? And I see frequently parents struggling to... Um, Discipline. Can I just bring in uh, Omar Rashid? What do you think? And even Walid, because what we also heard was uh, that targeting white girls. So supposedly there's an issue that there's a very un a racist uh, underpinning of why this is happening. That the way British Pakistanis, which what been said, they see white girls as an easy target, easy meat. Do you think there, there's some truth to that uh, culturally and how we perceive them? I, I don't think so, in my opinion. I, mean, I think. As much uh, white girls are being targeted equally as much Asian would be, it's just a matter yeah. of shame and the culture community what's not reported is enough. <coughs> things that go unreported is unbelievable within our communities and we're all aware yeah. uh, because of shame and how we deal with things unfortunately, it's not the best of manner. Something will happen to a girl, she wouldn't be confident to tell her parents, they'd deal with it in a manner whereby, you know, why were you there, why were you doing this, why were you doing right, this, and unfortunately yeah. we're not supportive in that and what that leads to is the fact that there's a lot of cases of all sorts of things that happen that don't get reported. 
Um, and as, as, as the brother mentioned, if you did ever sit down, many, many years later, they probably when, when they become your auntie, they might discuss with you that, oh, well, we were young and this guy would mm. do this. They wouldn't do it at the time. They, they haven't got the but support. But do you think that mentally scars that person to put a level of acceptance on Absolutely. that? To say, well, Absolutely. it was done to me, and if it happens to my daughter, I'll just tell her, look, I went through it, you'll be okay as well. But it doesn't make it. It's right. just, see, yeah. people want to bury their head under the sand. Nobody yeah. wants that to happen to their daughter. Of yeah. course. They don't want to know about it. Yeah. Not that they don't want to know about it, they just don't want it no, to be they there. They don't have to deal and with it. And it is there, and yeah. these problems are there. It's just a matter of you know, addressing them in a yeah. manner which is more comfortable. I, I agree with you. Even if you <coughs> put in, in the same situation, if you took an Asian Pakistani girl, yeah. a Muslim Pakistani girl, and put her outside a bargain booth and said to, you know, be exactly the same Absolutely, situation. Yes. Yeah. The people that are going to pray on her are going to pray on her because okay. to them it's a piece of meat. They don't. Do you think they care about her family? Do you think they care about mm. her emotions, her background? They don't so this them. is, this is another meat. myth I've heard that because it's not just being vulnerable white girls, it could be girls from all backgrounds, yeah, right? It would be. And again, we're talking about girls, and you mentioned there's boys also yeah. involved in this. But you know, um, go on, Shahid. I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably the oldest here in the panel, so I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, and what we used to do, say and how it used to be on the streets. I mean. You know, I don't want to expose my sins, but um, <laughs> is that we don't, uh, we never used to chat up white girls, uh, sorry, Asian girls, yeah, but we had no problem chatting up a uh, white girls, yeah, as you know, because right. it was, it was a kind of a like, you know, well, you know, she's a uh, uppity and, you know, you, nah, 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 that, that, that's a bit, that's a bit, that's a bit, she's one of us, she's, that's a bit and too you don't close. want the father to find out. <laughs> but with the white girl, it's no problem, you know, right. you can, you can chat them up, you can go clubbing with them or whatever. So there was that culture. There, there was, there was. This is what I'm saying to you that, you know, I mean, but you know, like, if we're going to. still exists in the generation today. But if. That that was that was me, you know, and growing up in the seventies. Yeah, that was that was the kind of culture that we had then. So it, it did exist. Yeah, but the third thing I wanted to say was that picking up on your point about religion, about being religious, and it's not necessarily that these people are religious and they have no understanding of religion. And I'm, and, 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 and I'm going to throw this out there, and I might get some stick for this year, but then what about the situations in our masajids exactly. where we have yes. religious uh, teachers? And religious imams and the kind of things that they get up to and I'm sure everybody's got a story now yes. these things are even more you know but just as dangerous and it's happening these people are people who are teaching our children who claim to be religiously knowledgeable yet they behave in such an atrocious way I mean uh, see the nature sorry. of the beast the nature yeah. of the beast uh, is, is, is it brings up so many other topics and yeah. one of the things is how many of these imams and so-called movies have had CRB checks of, yeah. or whatever they call them now right well, I, I, how, how, I mean and this is a big issue as well this is also happening to little kids yeah. and madrasas right I mean, is that is that a masjid imam or is that a religious teacher CBR check? Do they have any kind of uh, uh, policies and procedures in place to deal with this sort of stuff here? If that person was reported to the mosque authorities that he did this, would he be suspended? Would he be disciplined? Or would he be allowed to carry on teaching that child? You and I know the reality is nothing happens. And this is something that needs to be spoken yeah, about no, and dealt with. No, but but it's, a, it's a massive, okay, well, massive... Well, I'm glad uh, you mentioned the point, but I don't want to just focus on that. Yeah, so we're going to yeah. get sidetracked, yeah? yeah. But uh, just to finalise that to point... No, no, I'm glad yeah. you did. But to finalise that point, uh, again, it's vulnerabilities, isn't it? Yeah. They're taking advantage of yeah. vulnerabilities, aren't they? Well, well, uh, Ads, what did you want to say? Sorry, sorry just quickly sorry. include... May, may I say... Okay, quickly, yeah. Stringing it back into the, the actual discussion. Yes, exactly. Right? This is what I aim to do now. In relation to your voice, thank you very much for that very open point. Don't forget, that's not just masjids. Yeah. We've heard most recently about a church. Indeed. And I, and I, and I say not Christian. Yes. It's not, it's not a Christian teaching. No. You hear it, of course, and I'm sorry to raise it again, the Jimmy Savile argument as well. Uh, yes, you've been forward enough to say, well, this is what's happening in the masjid. 
And may I say thank you to, to the clarification. It's the vulnerability, I think we all agree. That's it, yeah. It's, it's the Even young child vulnerable, being vulnerable in a vulnerable zone. And that could be in a masjid, yeah. that could be in a church, that could be anywhere. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what we all agree on. It's the vulnerability Can I of the child. I disagree slightly on that, actually. That's yeah. fine, come in. I'm just going to... Uh, the reason being that I know women who are quite strong, not vulnerable women, who have had things happen to them. Of course. And the problem I find is that in a lot of our communities, we have certain narratives about particularly white girls. Right? Mm-hmm. And what happens with that narrative is it doesn't matter whether you're first generation, second generation, third generation. If your dad or your family, and this is the commu- kind of conversation in the community, like look at those, those Gora, you know, those Gori girls, they're outside, they're wearing drinking, miniskets, you know, wearing miniskets, yeah. blah, blah, blah. There was like this thing with Imran ibn uh, Mansur, the Dawah man, mm-hmm. who went to 14-year-old girls telling them what you're wearing will lead to you being raped, right? And he deleted that video. Oh my God. Right? Like that's, that's online, you can have a look at it. So mm-hmm. when you've got that kind of narrative, it's not just about vulnerability. It's a very targeted uh, thinking. And that mo- the problem is, most people who have that thinking will not go and do something nasty. Because you keep it in your head and you don't do anything with it, right? Mm. But it's when you've got nasty people who are, have access to those kind of people, who do take advantage, they rely on those narratives. And sure, a lot of these girls will be vulnerable, but not all of them will be. Because yeah. you see stuff like, I know stories of people who've been married into Pakistani families. They're, they're white, they convert to Islam or whatever it is, and they get taken complete advantage of. And then they, they have to basically become some sort of slave. This, this so they're not just wearing a sawar kameez, but they're just taking a completely foreign culture. We've got to be careful. Mm. We've got to be careful. Even in our discussion, we use the mm. context white, white girl, mm. white. Yes. That, that's not right. It, it's not a white um, target. I, don't think, I think it's a. I think Gori it's from the elders. A, what does Gori mean? No, no, I'll explain. I'll explain my point. What you have to understand is we're talking about, let's say, a, a generation before. Let's start with that. Was there a difference? Of course, there was a massive difference. Mm-hmm. They've come to the country. They, don't, they haven't been exposed to the Western world. Mm. It is acceptable, of course, in normal culture for a, a young lady or even a man to wear whatever he wishes. But when you come from a culture which is very reserved, you are going to make a reference. You mm. are going to notice it because you're not educated enough, quicker enough for the Western society. You're not globalised enough. Of course. Mm. And we have, to, we have to be realistic. So it's not a targeting of white, it's a targeting of the Western culture. But, but the, question, the issue is, be based on that, that, when you then kind of build prejudices, yeah. uh, prejudices mm-hmm. and, and, and discrimination, mm-hmm. that you, know, you said we used to go for the white girls, because uh, we didn't want to go for anyone from our community, right? Because at least no one will find out from our community, this kind of mentality. Another thing that we've heard also in the media is that the authorities knew about this. The police, for example, you've got Rotherham case, you've got uh, the recent Telford case, um, naming some others, the Newcastle, there's quite a lot, right? And there's a consistent kind of uh, narrative in the media that the so-called authorities and police didn't say anything, and they knew about it because they didn't want to be labelled as racist. Now, I find that quite incredible and hard to believe. Yeah, I, I think, think I personally think I personally think it's more to do with because they were working class. It's a class issue. They were working class. They were poor girls. A lot of them were from care homes, and no one really, no one really cared about them. They didn't really believe that what they were the talking about. Victim blame. They said that why are you out? Was, I guess they there was specific cases where the authorities blamed the girls. Yeah, they were saying they were prostituting, right, which is disgusting. These thirteen year old girls. They're, they're doing exactly what that one. So this said. idea of you know we didn't want to be labelled as racist. I just think that's a cop out, yeah. and I, I I don't I think it's very disingenuous. Lee, what did you want to say? Yeah, I think it's definitely a big problem. 
in the Asian community with rape, but it's a, I think there's a big problem with the sexualization of kids mm. and white people, Asian people, just molesting mm. kids in general. Mm. Um, I think, as you said, and you said, there's 1.7 million. You can get statistics and they can go for or against your argument. You, you, you can mold your statistics to say, well, to make it look against whatever you want. But I think the bigger problem is, as you just said, is the brushing it under the carpet by the police. Um, mm. And why has that happened? And why, why has it been allowed to happen? It's almost like they were waiting for it and, and sort of saving little pockets of this thing. Building it well, up. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, yes. you know, you have, I mean, you hear 352 people in Shropshire, a thousand in Rotherham, you know, 200 here. And when you hear that, and then it's all Pakistani Muslim, you know, to the media and the far right, as you said earlier, they're going to latch on to that. The far right is an answer to the to a problem that is going on. Mm. But I think it's a bigger problem. There's sexualisation, as you said earlier. It's the sexualisation of our, of the kids, of right. our kids, that is the problem. Like a culture of sexualisation. And, and white girls, I've heard it. I've, you know, I've, I've known ads for 20 years. I've been in the Pakistani community, white community, mm -hmm. black community for years. White girls are seen as easy targets, okay. they're seen, you know, because they're more likely probably to take drugs or drink, whereas the Asian community, they'll probably keep it more under wraps if they're right, doing yeah. it, they'll hide it away. More liberal so parenting, I guess, see possibly. as much as that. Hmm. But I think we need to move away from just saying, you know, it's an Asian problem. There's a problem with the sexualization of our kids and molesting our kids, yeah. full stop. Yeah. And that's what we've got to look mm -hmm. at instead of, you know, it goes, right. but not to come off topic, but you know, when they say Muslim terrorist, there's a problem with terrorism, full stop. And we're just, we're giving it labels too much mm -hmm. and we're trying to demonize certain communities. I'm glad you mentioned that because these are two issues that the media that exclusively attribute to the Muslim community yeah. terrorism and the latest things, just sexual grooming gangs, yeah. right? If it's anything to do with those two kind of vices, mm -hmm. social vices, etc. It's the Muslim face that you'll see. And you'll see a lot of Muslim faces. And we're speaking of t statistics. Here's a quote from Mark Twain in 1906, American author, historian. There are three kinds of lies. Lies, damned lies, and statistics. So, you know, we've got to be careful of statistics, of course. But what I do want to quickly show everyone, if we can, and if the camera can focus on this, right? We can see a grooming gang here. Beyond evil people, a paedophile gang who rape babies and toddlers, etc., etc. These are disgusting images and stories. This is a married couple here, right? Husband and wife. They got jailed, imprisoned uh, for six, seven years, I believe. They've been let out early. Again, targeting toddlers and babies. We see this again. But the danger of this, now I'm showing everyone this. The danger is, and I know a lot of Muslims do this if they're honest with themselves, right? When we hear about what it's paedophilia, child grooming, terrorism. They quickly get onto Google to type in white terrorists, mm -hmm. white paedophiles. Don't so then, so precisely. So we can show yeah. pictures, I have a counter argument, yeah. and we can counter the narrative and say, look, but the white people are doing this too, right? Does that, that help? Make it right. Does that help? It doesn't make it right, and it doesn't fix the problem. And it's, it's, I always say to people, look, you can blame who you want. You can say it's such and such is fault and such and such. But who cares who fault is? Fix the problem. Because if you fix the problem, then you won't have to blame anybody. Hmm. But the problem we have today is we're happy to say, no, nah, no, nah, it's not our problem, it's your problem. Or it must be your problem. I, I, I think that, that is one way of looking at it. But if you look at it from another point of view as well, uh, for somebody like myself, I work in, you know, in the field as a practitioner. I, you know, I talk to people all the time. And 
I work around this whole sort of, you know, gangs and criminalisation well. and de-radicalisation and all that sort of stuff. The thing is, and having been on the opposite side, on the other side of things as well, and then coming onto this side, I've seen both sides of it. We as a community, Muslims, some may agree, some may not agree, but we are under attack all the time, constantly. We're being accused of this and that, of terrorism, of this and, you know, we're this and we're... Just look at it from a normal person's perspective. It's sometimes overwhelming. It's like, I've had enough of this. Can you just leave us alone? People just have are fed up. The Asian Muslim community are fed up of all these accusations that are made against us, generalization. We're just fed up of it. So sometimes what happens in our, in our anger and frustration, yes, we say what you said, yeah. you know, and we look, we say, why are you blaming us? The most, most of the pedophiles are white people. You know, people say that out of their anger and frustration. But you have to appreciate and understand that, why they're saying that. Not everybody is intellectual. Not everybody is educated. Not everybody is, you know, uh, sort of a man of the world. Some people are just struggling yeah. to pay their bills and live normal lives. And they feel like they're under attack. So they, 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 they vent it out like that. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's right or wrong. What I'm saying is that we That's have to accept that, that that I, is a situation. I, I relate to that quite a lot because I think when you feel constantly under threat, right, identity becomes quite yeah, important and you get into identity politics. Um, one thing I've found, I think, quite a lot also is I also blame people from different aspects of the Muslim community who also use identity politics. So they promote this thing that we're victims always. Everything is about being us being the attacked. Victimization. Yeah. There's, this, there's this whole industry in the Muslim communities, in different Muslim communities of everyone's under attacking us, everyone hates us, look at the Daily Mail, this, this and that. Mm. They say all that kind of stuff and that makes these kind of, your average person go crazy thinking we're always in track. Actually, a lot of us live in very, very Asian communities. Yeah. Like you can live your whole life in East London and not meet any white people, right? You can live, you can live your whole life in Luton and not face anti-Muslim hatred. So actually, in Britain today, it's not all that bad for us. Yes, we have a lot of problems, but when you go to university, we're some of the most educated communities, demographics in the UK, right? We have women going to university. It's not just a, you know, purely guys go to university. We have, there's a lot of things going for us. Yes. So when you've got organizations out there trying to paint this picture, also within our own communities going, you should be angry because look at these people, they're saying all this and this. It creates this kind of, and I see this also mm. within, within working class white communities because when you see where EDL and you know, UKIP and these things grow, they grow because they're telling them, look, they're all coming after you. They're all doing so this. So it's the anger and emotion. It's anger and emotion. Mm. And it, it dehumanizes the conversation. But then, it's, kind of, it's, it's but kind of what you, I think, have been kind of going for. But what right? Shahid said, I mean, look, I, there needs to be like a, a balance between what you said, yes, we can't exaggerate these kind of feelings mm. of, or play the victim card, right? But at the same time, there's some truth and credence to it. Because, concern, yeah. you know, yeah. when you do pull on the TV, yeah. you're just going to hear yeah. about Muslims. Let's be real, right? You know, another Muslim committing another crime. So, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I remember studying uh, Othello. The but the thing is, it depends on the channel. Yeah, but I, I, remember, <laughs> I, I, I remember studying Othello for A-level, right? I didn't do too well. But anyway, I remember how Othello was portrayed, right? The Moor. Mm. The Moor the and how he was the, the Moor with uh, a beast with two backs. And uh, he was this kind of lustful uh, Moor, an Arab, etc., yeah, etc., this is Shakespeare, yeah, man. Yeah, this yeah, is going yeah. back to the 17th century, right? Deep, yeah. We know about, we know about, look, this is shown in the Sturmer, which is the attacker, I believe this is the Nazi newspaper about the Jew, mm -hmm. right? The Jews at the time portrayed as, again, lustful uh, and uh, sexually depraved. We have this as well, right? The lustful Turk, okay? 
this is Victorian Victorian times. There was a lot of um, pornographic and sexual kind of novels, and this is actually one of them. But the author is unknown, like uh, the Lustful Turk. Problem but this is one of the issues. Of the no, what I'm trying to get at is, is is this idea of Orientalism, right? Which mm. I brought the book with me. Uh, you know, Edward Said. How the Occident or the West has tradition, tra traditionally seen the East and the idea of the beast, right? Even we had this snowstorm, the beast from the East. <laughs> you understand me? The, it's about language and how we use language. And I think it indicates to a lot of uh, how people perceive the other and this us and them kind of narrative. What do you think? Uh, what, what, the clip from Dave Chappelle, he went to visit Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou, as we all know, is a mm. famous colourful background and mm. protester. And um, he was sat there and was discussing how he felt about um, being black in America and so forth. Uh, and he used a reference, anger. He says, I'm angry. So my angel replied and she says, look, uh, anger is like, or bitterness is like cancer. It eats upon its host. It doesn't do anything to the eyes yeah, of displeasure. Yeah, yeah. But what she said from then onwards was this. She said, be angry, but express it. Express mm -hmm. it in art, in protest, in whatever. And while being a Muslim, if you are upset and angry and bitter, instead of sitting there and as you said, Belinda, start putting up oh, daily mails doing this or this, mm. no, get up. Get up and protest in a respectable fashion. It's our duty to educate people. Yeah. I work in a predominantly English, white, background city or town. It is so heartwarming and encouraging when the question is asked, what's your take on terrorism or grooming? Because then I have an opportunity for 10 or 15 minutes to sit down and say, fancy a coffee, let me explain what I know. Remind us of your professional background. I'm a, I'm a criminal defence lawyer, I'm a solicitor advocate, I work in the law and the higher court, I've been doing it for some years now. And I've worked, as I said, at least in the last four years in an English area where they're nervous to ask me the question, can you tell us what your thoughts are on the grooming gangs? Well, why is it Muslims and Pakistanis? And I sit there and I explain, I said, that's not the case. And this is why not the case. And she you know what? I'm confident to sit here in front of this panel and say they take the argument on board. Yeah. Whatever yeah. their views, they take it on board. But that's what we need to be doing. So, so express your frustration about the world, as you say, turning against you. But deal with it by protest, by explaining. That's our duty. Well, it's the same thing with racism. You know, when it comes to racism, you know, I, I didn't really want to ask, but, um, you know, are you a Pakistani? Uh, you know, uh, but that, you know, but English people are like that, you know. So, you know, and we, we, we all do that. We, we all feel a little bit, I don't want to upset the person or whatever. But I agree with you. I, I mean, yes. I'm very fortunate in the work that I do. I travel up and down the country. Yeah. I travel around the world, you know, and I, 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 I give talks and I do workshops yeah. and... And I go to lots of different countries, and, and I think that's really given me such a perspective that, you know what, yes, there are people like Tommy Robinson and the far right and all these evil characters out there and hate preachers, but you know what, there's a lot of good people out there as well, yep. from the non-Asian white community, who are just as concerned about these issues as everybody else. I always bring my guests, whenever I have guests from overseas, you know, who are you know, uh, you know, non-Muslim and, and, and non-Asian, I always bring them to these areas, because they've heard about these areas, and, oh, you know, I sit them outside in the, in the uh, yeah. coffee shop, and I say, right, sit here and just observe, yeah. let's see if you get mugged, yeah? And they're like pleasantly surprised. But they walk up and down. They go, we don't understand what all the fuss is about. I was like, exactly. You know, this idea of British Pakistanis, obviously, representing this evil class of people targeting girls. How many British Pakistanis and British Muslims 
are your local GPs, doctors, nurses mm. uh, in, in, in your local hospitals, this is it, you see. taxi drivers, all sorts, all, a like a of, large you, spectrum, if right? If you look at the, 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 the gangs, as per se, and if you look at uh, what, what sort of uh, environment they have to prey on these people, it's always in the darkness of night. Yeah? So they're not going to prey on these people in there because somebody who's a professional solicitor might be standing in the same shop about to place an order and he sees a young girl and he, she's being approached by a guy. I'm sure of it. Everyone here and many of the people will intervene to say, brother, I think you're being out of line here. What are you trying to do? Just somebody's daughter. Or just call the police. Yeah, yeah. or say, yeah. you know, watch your mouth. Because I, I, for myself, if I see something that ain't right, I'm going to physically put a stop to it. Say, brother, what are you playing at? But, you know, because I don't believe it's just the darkness... No, say. but I'm saying what, is that it, it, the environment, see, my, my, a lot of these have got drug relations, alcohol, yes. so th there's a certain, there's, there's more to it than just the fact that it's Pakistan. But you know what, Lee mentioned the sexualization culture as well. Yes. Now, my sister, she used to go to Hodge Hill Girls School, and it used to be a girls school back in the days, I'm showing her age now, back in the <laughs> 80s, or something like that. And she used to tell me about guys uh, in cars, outside taxi drivers, school, yeah. used to go outside the school and wait for the girls. Yeah. And I believe this happens all over the world, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not strictly an Asian or no, Muslim no, no, thing. No. Now, the girl that goes out with that guy, maybe she's a badge of honour. Oh, I'm going out with an older guy. Not even the oldest guy from year 11 or 6'4". Yeah. Forget him. Yeah, I'm going out with an older guy, 30-year-old. And he sees her as a trophy. Yeah. So there's this cultural problem as well, you mm. see, that we need to kind of address. Of course, same thing. She's an easy target for him. Yeah. Because she's, she's vulnerable and young. security that he's feeding, and then he gets that. That's all Precisely. I wanna, yeah. We need to bring this back to the actual topic, guys. Yeah, okay. I, I'll bring it back. Please do, yeah, go on. that you said about kind of what's happening back home, should you say. I mean, I was in India for a business trip and I was there with a, with a colleague of mine who's a white woman, you know, uh, blue, blue eyes and things like that. And I remember trying to explain to her to be careful about what happens in India with men, packs of men, right? Mm. So we were walking around and there was this literally a large group of just men following us, oh right? not doing anything, not, you know, just following us. And she was, you know, she's like, she doesn't know what's happening. So she's like looking at the, you know, the bargaining with things and trying to buy things. And I was like, do not leave my sight because this is dangerous. Does that make sense? They were like, just following you. They were just following it. And if, if I knew if I disappeared or if anything happened, it'd be like really quick. And we know about this because there's lots of like rapes and things like that. Mm -hmm. But you can understand that that kind of mentality doesn't just disappear. You know, that mm -hmm. mentality isn't... You know, when you then, then it is a problem. Yes. So yeah. when you become a migrant say, community, yeah, that same mentality, you know, and, and it does. I'm sorry to say, it does transfer to children. Like, we, mm. why? Why can we openly talk about the problems with certain communities that end up supporting EDL, right? Where there's certain narratives built in, right? That get built in, that get promoted and pushed to vulnerable people. How can that not all happen to us? Mm. Of course it does, yeah. mm. right? Mm. And of course that affects how you learn that people, culture. Yeah, of course yeah. that affects how these men who end up be working in the nighttime economy they work in you know in, in these chip shops they work in taxi taxi drivers mm. they get exposed to what often but not always is vulnerable young women who often t can be white mm. that mentality has stayed there and festered can i just ask why, why would that be acceptable then in that community for them to all follow follow her and if she did leave the side, why, why would she be in danger? If anyone why, says why anything is dangerous to them, first of all, so if anyone intervened and said, why, you know, it's, it's seen as a dangerous thing because there's this hush-hush type attitude mm -hmm. because these men have, have, in the past, there's been issues of mobs of men murdering people. Mm -hmm. I think also there's just this, this acceptance. I mean, look at Bollywood. A lot of Bollywood stuff is so nasty in how it sexualizes women because you've got men who are the heroes going up to women and stalking them and stuff. 
in this country, we call that stalking. Mm. Yeah. In Bollywood, it's like, oh, the hero, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Right? Things, things like that that enforce it. It does. It really does. Yeah. And this is why, you know, yeah, I mean, and, and, and it's obviously not our fault. Like, you know, you try to bring some women to this panel, but that's really a question mm. I'd like to ask women. Like, hey, what is it that you see in your experience? I mean, Lee, can I, can I try to assist as well? That's a very good point about movies and videos and Bollywood and so forth. Lee, to deal with the, the Pakistani and the, the white lady, I'll be very direct about it. There are, and there has been, may, may I say, probably in the past, not anymore, a, a, a stage where Muslim women weren't going out as often. They were restricted in clubs, pubs and so forth. But the men, don't forget, in that type of culture, and I won't shy away from saying it, yeah. were okay to do what they want. I'm not saying that for everybody, I'm just giving my point of view here. And because they were, the only people you will meet is other westernized or um, social people, and they will interact. So it's acceptable. It was acceptable to um, uh, date a white lady, and I, I don't like using the term white lady, but I'm just making it easier for the, for the conversation, or a western lady. And that was okay. But it wasn't okay for someone to date um, the, the, the young Pakistani girl at home cooking or cleaning or whatever she's mm. doing because she's going to have an arranged marriage soon. That's now changed, I think. I think that's changed. You will go to Broad Street on a Saturday night and you will see a vast amount of Muslim Pakistani background ladies. You will. Mm. Yeah. So it hasn't become, I, I would say, any more, may I say, I apologise. Oh, I know the answer to it. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's just become another part now. to bring in yeah. another side of the argument. I, right. As I said, mm. I've been yeah. with Adsy's family for 20 years. Yeah. I right. know the real Islam. I know. You didn't see Ads following all these uh, yeah. white yeah. girls around, <laughs> right? <laughs> I've I've seen, seen, and seen he called all his cousins <laughs> over. He said, there's like two I know the answers. I know the answers, but I just want to bring a different side to the topic. You know, that other people who are going to be watching are going to be thinking. Of course. But the problem, like, to bring it back again, there's a tipping point that we'll come into where people are angry, right. white people, Asian people, every, black, everybody's angry, and it's going to come to a point where we're going we're gonna to clash. Right. You've got the Tommy Robinsons who've got the big following. You've got the FLA lads, you know, who are all coming together now. You know, and then there's going to be an answer to that from the Asian community, from the black people. Mm -hmm. We've seen what happened in Los Isles with the rights when they when they thought a black girl got uh, raped, raped by, 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 by In the boutique, right. And yeah, we've what happened. What happened. We're at a tipping point where if we don't right. sort this out yeah. and we don't come together, we don't have the Tommy Robinsons, mm -hmm. the EDL, the, the far-right terrorists who believe in that, yeah. we don't all come together and sort something out. Well, I, don't, I don't believe we do have an answer to well, it. Well, you just said, that doesn't that also feed into this kind of the, you know, the far-right white supremacist kind of uh, propaganda and the jihadi kind of Muslim propaganda yeah. that there's going to be an oncoming imminent civil war soon they're and both the same. you got to take sides, <laughs> right? That's yeah, they they, 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 yeah. they, they do feed off, off each other. But can I, while, while we're all sort of, you know, throwing things into the mix, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more controversial. I'll just throw something else in there. When you ask the question about why is it acceptable for these groups of men to be following that in a country and why isn't it frowned upon or whatever, and when we see that sort of actions happening here as well, but let's go a little bit further. Why would men have the need, 
when they see someone like that, have the need to basically, that carnal need to basically want to do something to that woman. Why, why would they have that? This now goes into something else. This now goes into what we call basically sexual repression within our community and with those men. Even though yes. those men, predominantly, and majority of them that commit these kind of sexual acts are married men. Mm-hmm. So as a married man, why do you still need to have your That's desires fulfilled in a different way? Uh, yeah. So what that maybe that means mm-hmm. is that you're not getting your desires fulfilled, which takes us into another issue where, you know, talking about these things are such a taboo. Even talking about sexual relations within a marriage is something that the local imam is not even equipped or has the courage to talk about. It will never be talked about in the Friday khutbah. And if someone does talk about it, he gets ridiculed that why are you talking about these things for have some shame, astaghfirullah, you know, and so on and so forth. And from an Islamic perspective, which is what really frustrates me, is that because we're talking about Asian Muslim men, Islam is such a liberating religion that not only talks about, it talks about sexuality, you know, and it's liberating. The things, you know, these are not issues. Scholars have spoken about it, but unfortunately now, especially in the South Indian, you know, subcontinent, whatever you want to call it, these issues are repressed and they're they're bottled in, bottled in. So like you said, what happens is that when something comes in front of them, they explode. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it that you don't see deprivation? Here, that's not to say that you don't see groups of white guys, no. yeah, running around after a girl in a shopping centre. Where it does happen, of course it does, yeah. 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 But there's the different reasons and motivations behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, with this Me Too movement that happened recently, and yep. then what came out of that from our communities and actually Muslim communities around the world was Mosque Me Too, talking about what happens on Umrah and Hajj. Oh, the women in God yeah, of Hajj and Umrah, yeah. yeah. And and actually, uh, you know, okay, we're all men here, so. That have been groped whilst doing the thought. Part of this is when women in our community speak out about what's happening to them, I see time and time again, and it's not just men who do it, women also shut other women down. We need to come out openly, Mm. publicly, with Mm. our mouths in support of their ability to speak out about what's been happening to them. But when you shut these women down, right, you shut down any kind of conversation in our own communities about what's happening. Mm. When when the mosque Me Too stuff happens, where people are like, oh, but it's not that's not halal. We shouldn't be doing that. Why are you even talking about it? You know, just put it. You know, no, no, you can't. You can't. Problem, you, you, can, you, you can't. can't I mean. yeah, you can't yeah. just say well, seen, this the, problem. The, 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 the women get shut down. They, they we, listen. What I want to bring this discussion back to, right? Because I know there's a lot to yeah. say, and we're not got much time left. And, uh, and it's it's based on what you mentioned. As a Pakistanis, for example. I'd say in Pakistan, about they say seventy to eighty percent uh, marriages are arranged. Okay, now I know there's a big culture here in the UK as well, where the parents say you're going to get married to that girl, your cousin, your first cousin, yeah, your uncle's daughter, or your auntie's daughter, whether you like it or not. And I've come across people from amongst the Pakistani community myself that have girlfriends on the side. Okay, so and when you ask them, well, why did you get married to that lady? They say, well. I had no choice. Mm. Mum and dad said, you're going to do it. You're gonna, it's like a religious obligation. Now, we can argue all day long, oh, it's not in Islam, but it's culture. Look, the whole culture, religion thing, that's a debate in itself. But the point is, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think the way, and this is going to sound very controversial, I think the Pakistani male is tired of going home, looking at his wife, who he didn't really want to marry, mm-hmm. wearing a salwar kameez, who reminds him more of his auntie, than the sexy wife that he wants to see in a skirt. Yeah. Okay, I, let's I, be honest about that. I, well, I disagree. So when he leaves, I, I no, no, I'm not saying all of them. Maybe that, in the but 80s. What I've maybe seen. No, no, no. Our women, our women, and I use the word our. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. So for the purpose of discussion, yes. I apologize. No problem. I don't like labeling. No, that's let's fine. Let's use the word our. Okay. As in Pakistan, 
very attractive, mashallah, lovely, up to beat with fashion. I, I disagree. The days of looking like your auntie are long gone. Yes, yes. Some yes. of the aunties are looking deadly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Would that put me into the question? Because it will bring into no, please, topic. Please, please. It really will bring into topic. Wonderful point. How do we resolve it? First of all, we need educated people to talk to societies, masjids, mosques, whatever. We, we need education. We need young people to know what is grooming. What, what's the signs of grooming of some elder male or vice versa, mm. be a young boy, whatever. If you, if you, if you see these signs, yes. please alert to someone. That's, mm. that's, we've got to emphasize that. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we need punishment. We need serious punishment yeah. yes. for, for such criminals. But may I also make it very clear in this discussion, the police are working towards the new era. We have Instagram, Snapchat, social media, so yep. forth. The police have abilities now when they arrest someone on suspicion, download their items on their phone, their information, and they can find intelligence. Yeah. It's not the 80s anymore. It's 20, 2018. They have these devices mm. to, mm. to locate who it is. Even know that uh, so, so in order to move forward, I think we've got to stop labelling. Mm -hmm. Labelling is not helping us in relation to far right, left, or far right. <coughs> Let, let's start from the bottom. Okay. Let's start from the bottom. Let's, let's so this needs to be education. grassroots, yeah? Let's get the yeah, grassroots. Let's deal with the education. Let's protect them. They need protection. Well, what you're mentioning is the, yeah. some of the final points, which yeah. how do we move forward as a community? How do we tackle the issue? Yeah. Okay, first thing is discussion, which is why we're here. If we're not willing to discuss things with people that may not agree with you, we're not going to move forward. Okay. Waleed, you want to mention something? I think we also have to mention what... In my eyes, has been somewhat of an elephant in the room, which is how do we view women? As in, mm. for example, Muslim, Pakistani, South Asian people, how do we view women? We put some something on their heads, some sort of cloak or scarf, mm -hmm. you go sit in the house, do the dishes, clean the, clean the thing, whereas the Western woman is more liberated, has yes. more freedom, she can wear what she wants. How would certain Pakistani men feel about uh, their daughters wearing miniskirts and going out? I mean, yes, free society, but would that really happen? Probably not, or if it would, a lot of resistance and a lot of blowback would happen within the within that household. Mm -hmm. So yes, yes, okay, vulnerability, but also, you know, Western women are viewed differently. Mm. And like you, I think the point you made earlier about this guy who's got married, it probably was an arranged marriage, most likely. I mean, these guys, if they're like 30, 40 years old, then they're probably from that, from that generation. They're not now, mm -hmm. they're not 16 or 17. Of course. They're probably from that generation where they didn't get, they didn't, they didn't choose their partner. There's probably not a lot of emotional connection. It's not, of course, not with everyone, but yes. These kind of people, it's more... They're there, you know, and there's a lot of them. And it's, it's more acute within them. They didn't choose their partner. They're in this nine-to-five. They don't have much flexibility. They have kids after the first year. And now they get this opportunity to maybe, maybe explore this sexual side, this naughty side, and this happens to be a vulnerable or not vulnerable girl who's more accessible. Mm. And they're with their mates. And there's also this in-group, out-group mentality, where, if, for yeah. example, they're not dealing with Pakistani girls on the street, because if I do, if we're doing a group where you might, you might be your cousin, you might know them. If it's white, and if it's, I'm saying white because that's not Pakistani. Right. And it also happened to Sikh girls, by the way. Yes, yes. yes. It's also happened, so let's not forget, yes. where some men have pretended <laughs> to be Sikh. And, but, but if it's happening to white girls or non-Pakistani girls, it's outside the community. So someone, so if, if it happens, it's not necessarily that I'm connected to that person or I'm mm -hmm. connected to them. So there's that bit of distance as well. Yeah. So there's, and there's also like these young white girls are from broken houses. So there's so many different factors that play into this. Do you think but we have to own the narrative? Like no, we need to own the narrative. But do you think it's quite convenient though when this same thing happens to people of a quite high political status, like um, 
Mr. Sabu. Mr. Sabu, yeah, there you yeah. go. Mr. Sabu. It's posthumous. It's when he's dead, right? It's a historical sexual yeah. abuse claim. So he's dead and gone now. Yeah. Oh, so now he's in his grave. No, he's not accountable no, no, to I, anyone. I think we're still right? Yeah, yeah. We've got the issue of Ed he uh, Edward Heath, who's the ex-prime minister of this country. Yeah. Just he's the predecessor of... Uh, of uh, Margaret Thatcher, he's dead. He died in two thousand and five. There's at least ten because to twelve sexual abuse. Well, there's at least ten to twelve sexual abuse cases against him. But who's going to hold him accountable now? Right. I, I think you make very valid points. These are all things that were institutionally ignored throughout the ages. Jimmy Savile and there's many other. I'm sure there's many other politicians. So there's a lot of hypocrisy. I think they, were sure I think they, they, they knew about it. They knew, but, but they just couldn't do anything about I, it because the blowback from yeah. it would demolish countries. Mm, because Jimmy Savile was the go-to guy. You wanted to do something yeah, sick and out of your mind. You go to him and he'd make it happen. Sir, he's a sir, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It is more of, if you like, civilizational uh, projection. So you know what's happening in your community, but let's just blame the foreigners or the other community yeah. because yeah, yeah. It, kind of, it kind of escapes it from focusing on us. Well, that's the weakness. Can I, can I make that's the weakness, weakness isn't it? That's, yeah. the we, that's why we, we, there you we, go, we failed. We failed because, and I say we as in people, mm. this is what we've got to stop. Maybe this is the discussion. The blame game. Maybe this is the starting point where we sit back and say, we've now seen a few clips, mm. um, but none of us are going to label that white. We're, we're better than that. Yes. Those are criminals. Yeah. They Those are criminals of their mind. Evil, yeah. no, it's not their colour that defines them. Well, they're Let's religious. start that. Yeah. You mentioned mm. Jimmy Savile. You, you mentioned uh, the, the MPs or the, the senior people. Let's us not label. Yeah. But, you know, but we don't. You know, the, you know, I mean, like I said, this is the field. I work in this field and I meet lots of people. And when whenever there's a, you hear about for the purpose of the conversation, a white paedophile. You know, as a community, we never sit around the coffee Nobody table and say that, oh, he's a Christian or whatever. This is something that doesn't come into our mind. We don't, we don't, we, we don't actually we do say, that. We say white though. Yeah, we do say white because obviously that's the color of his skin. We say, we say Gora. So yeah, but he's not ostracized, he's not yeah. criminalized. Yeah, but, white, but, we, but we're saying that, he, yeah, because that, that's a factual thing. I'm saying that we don't take him. We, we do make, make the reference. reference. We have why? no we do. Says, why Jimmy Savile? But 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 but, but, but the <laughs> argument is the argument is majority the majority of people in this country are white, right? Therefore, it's more likely, you know, ratio wise and probability for it to happen, right? When we went to the beginning to bring it back, full circle almost, the over over representation of Pakistani men in grooming gangs. That's that's the issue. Not. Everyone does sexual crime, everyone does every sort of crime. That's yes. the issue here. But it's the over-representation. Over yes. And the question is, why? Yes. So you mentioned several things. For example, they're not happy with their own marriages. There's Forced marriage. Forced marriage, yeah. social problems, combined with what's happening with these uh, uh, victims here. And also there's this issue, this is a problem of victim blaming. Oh, well, she was wearing this, and she asked for it, and she asked yes. for some booze, so I just helped her out. And, mm. Racial and prejudice racial and, and racial prejudice and towards racial white prejudice. girls? Oh, I mean, well, I want to just quickly, early on, you mentioned something about kind of, you said it was a controversial opinion about, you know, th these men are married to people. That they it looks like they're aunties find. or something. I mean, I don't know, because if you, there's a, there's these movements, they're called slut walks, right? And the whole okay. idea, they're called slut walks, and, and there's a deeper meaning to that, which is that women are told that they were dressed like sluts, which is why they were raped or what, what you Mention that again, what's it called? It's called the slut walk. So okay. women will go out wearing often what, what they were wearing when they were abused. 
right? And, right. and one of the things that you see time and time again is they say, look, I was wearing this boring cardigan, I was wearing glasses, mm. I was not looking, you know what I mean? Because the problem is women but are blamed. We say the high eyes in your own eyes. So what I'm guessing you know, is... If you see something, somebody could be naked in front of you, mm. but you turn your eyes down. Well, that lady yeah. could die was sitting on a horse naked, why do people so, turn so away? So the point, that that, and the point is like, like men who want to abuse yes. women, they won't have but abuse change. them no matter what they wear. But what I was trying to highlight is not the Sawal Kabiz. What I was trying to highlight is the forced marriage. But right? Can I just make a clarification? You talked about arranged marriages. I think sometimes, and this is for the viewers, if they're not Muslims or, or Asians, or even Asians might actually might not understand. When we say arranged marriage, there's, there's a, a bit of a difference here. Difference, yes. not for instance, you have an arranged marriage, like for like for I had an arranged marriage. Okay. Yeah. Now, my arranged marriage, what it meant was, was that my mother organized, she gave me possible suitors, Courting, she yes. bought people yes. that, you know, this, that, and, and, you know, and made, made, and, but, when I look back now, if I was to make a decision about getting married, I would have messed it up big time. Because yes. I never had a clue. All I wanted to do was chill out with the lads, enjoy myself. Mm. I didn't have a clue about these yeah. kind of intricacies. Yeah. My mother, obviously who's raised me, knows my character, knows what I'm like. So she yeah. looked for the person who, in her mind, she thought would be compatible yes. with me. Yeah? And it doesn't, it, it doesn't <laughs> always... It, it doesn't That's always, another debate, by yeah, the way. No, what do we do mean by arranged marriage? Okay, yeah. Yes, bring it back. One very quick point. Pakistan, hmm. Pakistani. Remember, we're using this word. Yes. Um, let's be a bit intelligent about it, shall we not? What makes you a Pakistani? Is it because your parents were from Pakistan, and automatically, whilst you're living in Britain, and even though you're born in Britain, even though you're born in Britain, but um, you're you're part of a Pakistani grooming gang. Hmm. Um, I'm going to say. We don't know what the definition is anymore, simply because maybe if you spoke to any of these members, do they have any Pakistani cultural elements to mm. them? Yeah. Can they still speak the language? Yeah. Have, um, they do they, the do, have they even been to Pakistan? Yeah. Um, do, do they, what do they do? What's their lifestyle? The point I'm saying to you is, I think we shouldn't blame Pakistani per se. I think that's wrong. Pakistanis around the world aren't all paedophiles. They're not grooming gangs. So this is another... It's a label but thing. this is why Sarah Champion, the former Labour MP of Rotherham, stood down after that. That comment, is to right? her. To, to Complete her. generalisation of British that, Pakistani that, men. If you remember a few years ago, guys, the Bradford riots, I remember there was an interview and he was an old Pakistani guy, sort of came in the 60s like majority of them did, hardworking guy, yeah. never missed, never got a parking ticket, never got a fine, <laughs> you know, the old school type. Yeah. Mm. And, and I remember there was a guy and he was interviewing, it was like, it wasn't sort of on the BBC or something, it was an informal thing that, that went viral at the time. And, uh, and he was saying that, look at this, you know, because they, they just tore Bradford down. It was, it was horrendous what they did, all the, all the young Asian guys. And he was saying, you know, these are your guys, and what do you have to say about it? And he goes, no, 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 these are not my guys. The, the Asian sort of guy with his strong Pakistani accent. He goes, my guys are like me, you know, we came here. We, we built the country family, that destroyed we built it. it. We work, I've never even got a parking ticket. These are your guys. Hmm. They've studied here, they're born here, this system, this culture. They don't care, they don't know nothing about Pakistan, they don't know their language, they don't know their deen, they don't know nothing. These are British Asian guys that were in your system, in your school, this, that did all this. My guys, who came from my generation, we were here for 40, 50 years before. Have you ever seen us? You know, even get a parking ticket. Mm. So at the same time, so once they became British, they they learned this culture here. Yeah, I mean, they have parents, right? So how did their parents raise them? That's why I don't like. Mm. It's very easy to say, "Oh, we did this." And you spent eight hours with your child, then how did you raise your child to act like that? But that's another debate. Is there a communication between the parents and the kids about right? Sorry, go on. I was just going to say it's an interesting thing about identity politics, though, because you know you want to claim your Muslim or Pakistani when it's like to your benefit. 
But then when it's not, yeah. you're like, oh, no, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> For example, yeah. if, if Amri Pound won gold in the Olympics, yeah, like, it's oh, Pakistani. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> if a kind of thing happens, or if yeah, 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 it's yeah. like, oh, but hang on a second. Oh, what is Pakistani? Yeah, that's not Muslims, yeah. that's not yeah, Islam, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? There so you go. So we can be very careful about that. That's what I mean, if I say I'm Pakistani somewhere and I'm going to get my head kicked in, I won't say Sure, sure. Why am I not stupid to go into fire? Unfortunately, there's situations where you have to sort of go a bit less towards that. That's because. Certain problems have been tainted to us, right? And a problem is a problem, a criminal is a criminal, a crime is a crime. It doesn't matter if 99 Pakistani people are part of that gang out of 100, and one isn't, you can't say Pakistani is. Yes, we live in a democracy, and in all other things, there's democracy, majority wins, but in this element, when it comes to criminality, if there's 99 people that are doing something from one group, and there's one of them who's not doing it, you can't label that well, group because of that prejudice. one guy is innocent. Otherwise, it's prejudice. You go to Thailand, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over 90% of these young uh, guys are getting taken up by these groups. European, white, 50 to 60 year old yeah. male guys, and they're taking young kids into Thailand. Like you, look like you look at the cannabis farms, you look at the cannabis farms in the UK, 80, 90% are done by the Vietnamese community. You look at the scrap metal uh, atrocities that are going on, 99% of the time it's the Romanian gangs that are doing it. Every single sort of demographic will have certain crimes that are more predominant in yeah. that, but you still can't say yeah, yeah. white guys are pedophiles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Romanian guys are thieves, Vietnamese guys are cannabis growers, Pakistani guys yeah, yeah. are... You can't do that. I agree, with you, about, I agree with you about language, because what's happening is that it's, well, otherwise it's bigotry, right? Because yeah. if you say it's mm-hmm. prejudice, but... So, so I think the language that can be used that I feel comfortable with, if so, if, let's say this, if Bangladeshis were doing something, right? Because like, there's a lot of Bangladeshis doing something, because right? I'm Bangladeshi. So, <laughs> so you would okay. say, like, like this... You know, group of people who happen to be Bangladeshi or something like that. That language yeah. I'm okay with. Mm. Or even if they say there's a problem because seventy percent of Bangladeshi. Wouldn't it be better just to name them? Yeah. Let's forget. Let's forget. What are their names? Well, no, it well, depends. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I'm, I'll tell you why that I think that might not work because institutions do matter. So when we talk about politic- mm-hmm. uh, political grooming gangs mm-hmm. that exist in politics, mm-hmm. you talk about that institution and there it is important, it's relevant to explain to a readership that actually this is coming out from politics. Mm-hmm. So you talk about the institution. For us, our institutions will tend to be the culture we're from, the this diaspora community we come from, the religion that a lot mm-hmm. of people will ascribe to. So the institutions you can't just say, oh, let's kumbaya, let's like... No, yeah. no. Political so correctness. What, what I mean, but then me, me, me and you would, would address each other as, would you accept, we're British. I'm multi-hyphenated, I'm British, I'm, 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 I'm from a Muslim background, but I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. I'm Bangladeshi, I'm, my mum's from... But would you accept, I, I, I'm a yeah. level playing field yeah. for the viewers, this is yeah. important. Yeah. To I simplify think, things. I'm a, yeah, I'm British. British. We're British yeah. first. You know, it's the funniest thing for me. No, but I think it comes down to the question that you're asked. If somebody asked me, what's your nationality? I would say British. If somebody asked me, what's your religion? I would say Islam. If somebody asked me, what's your ethnicity? I would say Pakistan. So in I was born in Pakistan. If I was say, what are you or who are you? What would you say first? This is the problem. Well, first I'll say I'm a human being. Yeah, human being. Well, one of the, yeah. one of the so debates. But it depends Let's on the question. No, no, but it depends on the question. So if you said, what are you or who are you? Yeah. yeah. Well, first I would say, well, I'm a Muslim. But if you ask me, you know, what's your nationality? Like if you're a border guard and, and, and you say, but right, you know, you've got there, what's your nationality? I say British. But you know, the tabloid headline has not got enough space to mention all these different multifarious identities, British, Muslim, Pakistani, male, 36. It's just going to give one blanket sensational title. Okay, give the name. But you know, we this are debate. the buyers of this paper. Mm, we true. are the people. Right, uh, the listeners are listening. We are the people in Liverpool, especially. Um, I won't make references. The local 
Liverpoolians, the, the, the residents, took an issue with the Sun newspaper yeah. and, and nobody bought the Sun. Mm. It's still living the effects now. Yes. Yeah. We need to empower each other. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be reminded we the, are the people the who are really the segregating people. You know, yes. the more you segregate people, the weaker you make them. Oh, and the more you can influence smaller pockets. Okay, we need to together. Yeah. Like you said, there's a problem. If we address the problem to say, right, paedophilia, full stop, we don't want it. Grooming gangs, we don't want it. And everybody works together. And if you have a panel, not just a Muslim man, but you have white people in there, you have women in there, say, look, we need your input to fix this problem because we don't have the tools. Give us the tools. Help us. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up. Okay, we've gone on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, how's it looking? <laughs> and we haven't even scratched the Each person, I want to give less, less than 10 seconds. How do we move forward with this? Each person, starting with you, Lee. Go on, Lee. Uh, I think it's just more discussions and coming together, um, not separating culture and race. Um, I would agree with Lee. Um, most of these things historically have always come from the fact that we've been divided or generally humans get divided and cause conflict. So if we stick together and say, let's all of us solve the problem, um, I think we'll be able to overcome it much quicker and with more efficiency. Um, I think that the vacuum that gets created in conversation because partly of identity politics is not useful. And I think by engaging people, particularly victims, particularly women, and having them lead the conversation uh, is one strong way we can get out of this. Yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with all the points that have been made. Um, but at the same time, I think we need to be realistic in the way that we look at things. Uh, when we talk about unity, are we really going to have a unity in all of this? Uh, so, yeah, we need to be realistic in our approach and we need to be holistic in our approach. Yeah, I think just, uh, you know, the problems should always be seen as a problem, not attributed to the perpetrator and, and, and then sort of targeted his community as in a problem community. It's just, we just, the problem on its own. And I think we should break down the walls in between our different communities and cultures and uh, move forward understanding things and, and deal with them in a more sort of communal manner. I think we've got some really um, tough questions we have to ask each other. Uh, we have to admit there is a problem and we have to take ownership of that problem instead of deflecting it onto other communities and saying, oh, well, they do this and they do that. That's fine. But we have to admit we have a problem and have some real honest conversations. Everyone to have their own views. Um, mine is this. We must educate, educate and educate from a very young age on what all this grooming is about, what vulnerability is. Next, after that, what we need to do is step forward and protest and support our agencies like the police, the local agencies, to put a stop to it. And I think we're doing great. We could do a bit more and work towards the right direction. Thank you. Okay, I think Tony Blair would agree with that education <laughs> part. Um, okay, well, my personal opinion, everything that you guys have said, there's, there's a lot of truth to it. Uh, a lot of validity. We need to keep talking. This part of this platform that I'm trying to provide is to discuss uh, taboos, difficult, uncomfortable topics. It's not bread and butter TV. It's closed shave TV, and it's closed shave TV for a reason. I hope you've enjoyed the show, everyone. Please like, subscribe, continue watching, and we will hopefully uh, do a second, third, and continue to do more of these debates. And maybe you guys, as viewers, can pick the next subject. Thanks for watching. Take care. Stay safe and God bless.